Original content. Content. Compelling discussions. Audio on demand. This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingleton. Taylor Moore. Jay Darden. Congressman Garrett Gray. Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark. Sharon Weston Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is The Clay Young Show. Ah, man. I've had better weeks. The Super Bowl is, is gone now. As most of you know, I'm a Niner fan. The night did not go well. Man. Anyway, I hope you're doing well. Preferably if you're not a Chiefs fan out there. Man. That's the thing about sports, right? You get deep into it. You you root for a team. You, you kind of want to see them do well. And then you become so married to the outcome that when it doesn't go your way, you feel it. You're either... Angry, disappointed, frustrated, or in my case, a combination of all the above. It's just the whole thing. The whole thing just didn't leave a great taste in my mouth. You know, the coverage going into the game last week, it was almost like the Chiefs were in the game by themselves. And even though the Niners had a a better record, just I won't get into that. But and 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 then and then there was the halftime show. Who wants to see a 50-year-old woman swing from a stripper pole? Come on, NFL. J-Lo's behind is on this pole. There were guys that had to hold her up there. I bet you there was about a pound of WD-40 on that pole to keep her (laughs) from locking up on it. It just, it was not a good look. And then Shakira twerking and flinging her crotch into the camera. And it's, come on, man. That was that was awful. That was awful. I'm sure there are a lot of guys in the room who were holding themselves very still because their wives were in the room and they didn't want to give away, you know, from from Shakira and J Lo twerking in front of the camera. It's a, man, it was so bad. There's nothing about that. I just want to forget the Super Bowl happened. Man. So that's how I'm doing this week. I was really hopeful that the Niners would get number six, get their sixth. Super Bowl. So, and you know, this is the reason why I'm so quiet on social media when it comes to sports, even before the game. I don't talk a lot of trash because I'm not good at that stuff because, you know, I try not to rib friends and and people I know a whole lot because I, you know, I'm not a very good foil in that stuff. I'm not a good loser. I don't like losing at anything. Don't like losing. Hate losing. Hate it. Man. And then, you know, the, you know, the chief who, who you're going to hear from in just a moment, and I'll tell you about this show, really good conversation. So we had the conversation before the Super Bowl. In fact, we sat down together the Friday before the Super Bowl. And when I tell you this man can rub it in, just, just unbearable, <laughs> unbearable. And then I got a friend of mine who is a lifelong Saints fan, Barry, Barry Stewart, who's been on this show before, right? Professional guy, love him to death, you know, my brother, just all the time, lifelong Saints fan. So just to troll me, or more importantly, to troll my buddy Steve, who is (laughs) this year, I bet the line of people trying to get after Steve after this loss, because he's a Niner fan too, would probably stretch from here to Dallas. But anyway, so Barry comes over, because some guy's over watching the, the game at my house, and he's wearing a Chiefs cap. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then he said, well, it was my childhood team, the Chiefs. It was so bad. Doggone Garoppolo. If he makes that freaking pass to Emmanuel Sanders, just, just, okay, okay, okay. All right. (sighs) Woosa. And then the timeout at the, all right, so let's get to what we're supposed to be talking about here today. So Chief Paul was in with us. Chief Murphy Paul of the Baton Rouge Police Department was here with us a couple of weeks ago 
talking about what's happening with law enforcement and crime in the capital city region. And um, I still can't get over that awful halftime show. Jeez, the 50-year-old woman swinging on a pole. Uh, anyway, we, we, God. And then we were um, talking about the, the crime situation. So with the chief, there has, there have been a lot of things said about him in the last few years. And I wanted a chance to ask him about those. Everything from him being accused of being Mayor Broom's puppet to the accusations about the unit he drives around in to his preference of officers' racial makeup and, and, and discipline that goes along with all of that. All of those things that have been out there. Give him a chance, you know, one time to sit down and, and, and we can talk about it and give him a chance to answer, you know, all of that to all of that stuff. You just because there's just a lot out there. And then the people get on social media and say things and, you know, you can't really control what people say on social media. You can't. I mean, I guess it's protected speech to a degree because people can go on and say anything. But I wanted to ask him about some of that stuff and you can make up your own mind about it. He's very candid. And we had a we had a good conversation again. We did it before the game. So you will hear references to the Super Bowl in this interview. And I was I was careful about it. Right. Careful, because, again, I thought it was going to go my way, but it did not. But this this conversation is is filled with good information about a great number of things. And the great thing about it in hindsight is that we did this before the Super Bowl because he would be so unbearable in this room right now. If we if this were after the game, I wouldn't be able to take it. But alas, we did it before. So it worked out for me. So Chief Paul is going to address a great number of things in his own candid style. And you're going to hear that as I still recuperate and recover from a horrible Horrible Super Bowl Sunday. Still getting over it. Podcast225.com. Clay Young here with John Fabry with Infinity of Baton Rouge and Infinity of Lafayette. We talk so regularly about the new selection of cars and SUV, John. But my goodness, you have a great selection of pre-owned. Always do. Used cars, pre-owned cars are a huge part of our business. It always has been. We get such a great selection with all the nice new cars that we sell, we get a huge amount of trade-ins from compact cars to SUVs to pickup trucks right. and across all of our dealerships. Right. So we have access to hundreds, literally, all the time. Whether you're in the market for a $5,000 car or a certified pre-owned Infinity that can right. save you thousands over a brand new one, we are the place to go. And we can offer financing. And you don't have to have perfect credit. If your credit is challenged in any way, we can help. See the full selection of pre-owned cars at Infinity of Baton Rouge and Infinity of Lafayette. Tom Landry, one of the greatest coaches in NFL history, was known as a man of great integrity. For three decades, he wrote his priority list on every training camp blackboard. God, family, football. At Landry's memorial service, Roger Staubach tearfully stated, He was our rock, our hope, our inspiration. He was our coach. I encourage you to be a rock for your children, a rock of integrity. If you're not building your life on this solid foundation, then you are standing on shifting sand, and so are your children. Your children need to see your integrity daily. Do they see your speedometer go above the speed limit? Do they hear you gossip in a phone conversation? Or do they see you putting your shopping cart in the rack and hear you tell the waiter you've been undercharged? Model integrity in all you do. You will help your children develop their own rock-solid foundations. The issues, the policies, the people. This is The Clay Young Show. All right, back with part two of our conversation with Baton Rouge Police Chief Murphy Paul, who's back in studio. Try to give me a hard time, as he always is. So, man, we're back, and this is not one of those deals where... We recorded part one and part two on the same day and just separated them because of time or length of conversation. This really is us recording a second conversation on a on another day and a completely different week. And so uh, what would you I know you got a chance to go through the the first conversation we had here on the show. Any any thoughts about that? Our, our first interview. 
uh, or part one of our conversation. We just kind of talked about where we're going and, and what you're doing with the department. No, you know, it was it was organic. I, you know, you, you go back and you look at it. I, like I speak from the heart. Yeah. So so when I speak. Uh, but, yeah, I don't I don't know if I, uh, you know, cl- clear, clearly articulated my desire uh, uh, to, to, to get this this raise to make us one of the highest paid and in the love and respect I have for the men and women of this police department. Mm-hmm. You know? um, I'm always trying. You know, and I'm yeah. always listening uh, to the men and women, and I, and I I'm so excited about where we're going as an agency. You know, even more so when you when when I just I just left uh, D.C. Yeah. Washington D.C. Uh, mm-hmm. meeting with the International Association Chiefs of Police, and when you got national organizations like that, they're that paying attention to what's going in bat- on in Baton Rouge, <laughs> and and believe that we're going in the right direction. You know, that that helps build confidence. Uh, right. You know, in, in our leadership here at, at the police department, that mm-hmm. people are taking notice. And, uh, you know, the business community, uh, it, it, it is really, truly a community effort. It is. It is. You know, before we go on and and uh, and, and get into, as I said, in, in part one, conversations about some of the rumors that have been out there, questions about where you're headed. I would like to get your thoughts on something that's not BRPD related. Okay. And because it's been such a topic of conversation this week. And man, that's the sudden passing or, or the death of Kobe Bryant. Wow. Yeah. And I've spoken to more people this week who have dis- who have described how that affected them. And I've been trying to put into words why. Because, I mean, I, I, I was on a plane when I got the news. Yeah. And I guess it's just it's like, what? You don't think about it. So what was your reaction to hearing that? And you've like me, you've got sons and you think yeah. uh, you know, children, really. And you think about the, the, the fleeting nature of life. But what do you think about that when it happened? Well, you know, initially when it came out, I thought that it go with the it was fake a hoax. News. Yeah. yeah, fake news. Yeah. And, yeah. and then yeah. when I realized it was, you know, you, you begin to. You, know, you begin to reminisce and think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never personally met Kobe. Nor have right? I. Yeah. Uh, you know, watched him many times. But he was such a, a icon, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to sports. And, and I begin to think about all of the times that I've seen it. For me, I thought he was, of all the players I've ever seen play basketball, he was the player that I thought uh, mimicked. Michael, Michael Jordan, Jordan oh, to absolutely. The best. He copied everything, everything about him. His, he walked like him. Yes, he talked like him. Yes. His, his shots. His. I mean, he copied yeah. him the best. He. He. Even though he wanted to be the first Kobe Bryant, right. he clearly modeled his game after Michael absolutely. Jordan. Absolutely, and one would argue he took it to another level in some areas, right? In some areas, yes. yes. But Michael areas. Jordan, in my opinion, is still the still the greatest, greatest of all time. Yeah. Nobody will ever do to back no. for basketball what he did, and I agree with that. Yeah, but because I was such a Michael Jordan fan, and I believe he was that next generation, I had a lot of admiration for yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. But I think it really hit home more so when because I had just watched. Uh, on social media and on television, uh, LeBron James passing him. Well, no, watching okay. him at games with his daughter. Oh yeah, and they have yeah. these these. Uh, I remember watching one, and you can see he's teaching her. I say, yeah. look at him, yeah. look at him teaching yeah. his daughter. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it automatically took me to my relationship with my kids. You know, and you know how short life is. Yeah, it really is. And I remember I was I was sitting in the airport uh, coming back from meetings in D.C. Uh, with, with with our partners, and they were just talking about he was all over the media, yeah. and everybody had had a comment to make on it, and it was so positive, and 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 people were it was affecting everybody in a different way, but it it it, it talks about it. I may have had this conversation with you, Clay, about the power of sports. Yeah. And I remember looking at the LSU game and how people from all over the America were cheering for LSU, were making positive comments about LSU. But but you know when you looked at that stadium and at, at the Superdome, you had Democrats, Republicans, <laughs> right. Independents, right. Black, right. White, right. every race, every yeah. ethnicity, <laughs> all every saying go religion, Tigers, <laughs> all. You literally all around. saying go tigers depending on who of team course. Yeah, yeah yeah and and and, and i went and i said let me look at crime let me look at the crime around that time right and and the calls for services wow the power of sports man and if we can rally and come together for a game mm-hmm. if we can rally and come together as a people mm-hmm. 
around sports. Why can't we do that in everyday life? I agree with you. I think we're so divided by the negativity that's yeah. out there that it's re- it's really hard. People are, people tribalism has become such a thing now yeah. where people just they have to fight. Yeah. And you feel like if you're not in a fight, you're really not in the game. And I think that's 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 been misleading. But anyway, so back to you. I wanted to ask you about Kobe and yeah. and his passing. It's been such a, a topical thing. I won't ask you about the Super Bowl um, because by the time some people hear this, the game will have already happened, and the okay. hopefully the Niners will have already run their sixth Super Bowl. Well, so, uh, some people are misled. Uh, go, you know. I'm I understand, and I will help you if you let me. <laughs> so, so uh, let's talk about this. So. So with being the police chief coming in really in 2018 mm-hmm. and everything that that you dealt with coming in, some of the work that went on, where would you grade yourself as chief in this first couple of years or year and some change in the job? Wow. If... <clears throat> Okay, good question. You would throw a question I wasn't prepared for, right? That's what we do over here, you yes, know? Yes, sir. You know, I would probably give myself, it's different because I'm very self-critical. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very hard on myself. And um, I didn't meet some of my own personal goals, right? Like? Um, I, I wanted to get homicides down 40%. Right. That's that's what I was. But you got them down. We were actually I said Mac and I were talking and I remember we were talking. Robert McGarner, deputy chief. Yeah. And we were talking with a a captain who we all had a lot of respect for and admire. Real, real good guy. A a captain, uh, Arnett. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember when he was retiring and we talked in 60 was that number. Right. And we were right at 65. Right. Like that was that magic number. Mm -hmm. Uh, We never put that out there for public consumption. Sure. Uh, and we were actually, you know, moving in that direction until November happened, and yeah. December happened. It just, it just, we just couldn't explain it. So I, I guess for me, I would probably say around a C plus. Okay. Uh, okay. When I go into uh, disinvested communities, mm-hmm. when I go into uh, relationship with partners, I, I would think that uh, they would grade me a little higher in in terms of what I've done from the community's perspective. Sure. And I would probably put that in the B, uh, B, 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 B range, um, because I get so I, I try not to focus on. Uh, I like to focus on the one-on-one conversations I have with people when they say, "Well, Chief, you're doing a good job," and I say, "Well, why do you think I'm doing a good job?" And you know, to hear what people say. So I, I would probably give it a, a much higher grade from the community's uh, perspective on, on on what they think we're doing. Uh, so if you probably average all that out, maybe B minus. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, B minus. You know, we talked yeah. about this a couple of weeks ago before part one, and it's something that I know there's going to be more conversation about going forward. Yeah. But you were telling me about really the one of the least discussed spikes and problems that you've seen. And it's with the opioid issue. And you were talking about that. And so it's not something that's talked about a lot here. Nationally, obviously, it's gotten a lot of attention because there have been some crazy stories about people, you know, being in parks and touching a rail in a park and then ODing because the stuff is so potent. But, you know, talk through that a little bit, because I think for a lot of people, it's way off their radar, you know? Yeah, well, you know, overdoses. I mean, obviously, with, with opioid overdoses and the fentanyl, you know, we've had uh, more overdoses uh, last year mm-hmm. than, than in previous years. Uh, we see that increase. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, one of the things we we have the data, you know, I, I think even this year, we've already had more overdoses this year, excuse me, compared to January in, in previous years. So mm-hmm. even the beginning of the year, we, we, we see that increase in opioids already. Um, but but we are thinking outside the box and uh, how we deal with this. You know, one of the things we talked about was we get real time data, right? That's going to be coming in through our real time crime center, uh, through our peace copy initiative, uh, which has been put together where I actually see the data almost in real time. So we get to see where these areas where we're seeing increases of overdoses. But we haven't done any a lot of proactive things with that. Um, but I'm excited because. Uh, you know, our partnership and I believe it's t- it's um, is this weekend. We actually have a um, 
uh, a ceremony. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, exactly where it's going to be, um, but it's going to be uh, with the Capitol Area Human Services. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to be inviting us, I believe it's next week, uh, to attend. One of the things we talked about is what we can do different. And they've created a new opioid mobile outreach team. Um, and and they, there's outreach vehicles that go along with it. So what we're going to be doing, we're going to be sharing data. Okay. Uh, with the Capital Human uh, Services Division, real-time data. And they're going to have mobile teams yeah. that are going to be out there responding, similar to what we're going to be doing with the uh, 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 the mental health uh, attacks, uh, mm-hmm. having a, a, a mobile crisis uh, unit out there addressing that. So we're hoping some of these proactive approaches where we actually have experts on the ground to help uh, uh, individuals in the community to deal with these uh, uh, uh monster called addiction mm-hmm. and, and provide those services you know but the availability you know like this is not unique to baton rouge i mean no. we see this nationally uh with, with opioid and, and specifically it's the fentanyl yeah. that's causing these overdoses and people are so people are wearing heaviness so much more now man you think about the stories we've had even here about kids committing suicide yeah. And the the mental abuse that has happened with children and then the self-esteem deficit that exists with so many people, children included, and they're looking for an escape. And then, you know, you think about it, they go to social media and depending on how you use social media as a consumer, that could make your life so much worse. I mean, it could it could make your life so much worse if you don't take so much on that stuff with a grain of salt. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, it, it, you know, in, in how we cope, you know, my background was narcotics, uh, my Louisiana State Police days. And you mm-hmm. saw these um, these different trends. You know, I remember uh, when I came in uh, narcotics, it was the crack cocaine epidemic. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you saw this uh, 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 support from the federal government to help us attack that. Uh, a problem at the time it was an epidemic uh, mm-hmm. and then and the next thing you know we move on it was it was uh, it was um, a methamphetamine mm-hmm. right and then we had the the meth precursor right. laws that were coming out and how we restrict that and and putting the amphetamine behind the counter and in the, uh, the 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 precursor program was kicked off and yeah. and all those efforts and then we had a, a prescription problem right and then we started the the, the, the national the the, the, the uh, Doc for doc, doctor shopping, the the um, uh, the prescription drug program uh, uh, through the uh, a board of pharmacy, so that uh, people could doctor shop, mm-hmm. and and then we had the uh, the synthetic drugs, right? The synthetic marijuana, the synthetic drugs. So you start to see these changes that when we in law enforcement begin to address problems, then there comes another one, mm-hmm. and then when we see our efforts, uh, the success that we believe we were having with prescription drugs and those persons who are addicted to the opioids were now going to heroin mm-hmm. to feel that same uh, uh, addiction. It's crazy out there. And, and that's where the fentanyl is, is coming in at. And we're starting to see this national problem. Uh, and it's challenging. So yeah. we have to continue to evolve and understand that, unfortunately, that there are uh, individuals out there who, and look, these are smart people. I mean, I, you know, to, to make synthetic drugs, you're talking scientists. You're talking educated folks. Mm-hmm. And no matter what we do, there's always going to be somebody out there trying to find something illegal to put into the system. Listen, I can't make rice babies. without a mi- rice maker. So yes, I don't know. These people who get that proper mix of all these things to make yeah. them. If I didn't have a rice maker, it would all come out like mush or dead maggots. But, you know, so so how do you train your guys and gals because I know that there is a component of having them deal with people who are going through a crisis of an overdose or they're hopped up on some drug that has given them superhuman strength, but but uh, deteriorated comprehension. Because, I mean, that's a thing. People, I don't think people realize when your guys and, and when the police department, law enforcement in general, are dealing with people they run into on the streets that you have to have a way to do that so not only is the officer protected but the person who is under the influence is protected too yeah well you know one of the requires it starts in a police academy you know i, I talked earlier about our partnership with capital area human services who's yeah. going to be putting out this uh, mobile team there's going to yeah. be a big announcement uh, next week on that 
uh, we, we train all our law enforcement to go through what we call CIT training. Uh, and that is uh, a crisis uh, intervention training. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and that program, uh, uh, you know, not only law enforcement, those officers uh, who don't have the training, we bring them back. We have a, a, a one officer who uh, uh, acts as a liaison for that uh-huh. program, uh, Lieutenant Honore. Uh, but the primary goal of that program is just to educate officers on not just mental health, but on addictions and uh, uh, what to look out for, yeah. uh, what type of di- disabilities a person may have uh, and, and what we can do. What are the triggers, uh, you know, how we can recognize that mm-hmm. so that we can have the appropriate response right. uh, for that. So we do train our officers. And uh, some people and, could end up on some of those drugs because of surgeries that they've had and they've become addicted to some of the painkillers because of the after effect of of having knee surgery or back surgery because there's all kinds of data about people who were not on any drug before they went and had a surgery or had some injury that you know that got them hooked on it absolutely you know one that's one of the part of the cit training we teach mental health uh, substance abuse and mm-hmm. we cover that in the substance abuse chain training uh the development disabilities uh treatment techniques and 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 psychopharmacology on mm-hmm. as it relates to uh uh, to to behavior and mm-hmm. drugs, so so that that training uh, helps our officers. Uh, also, crisis de escalation. You know how you de de escalate those uh, issues and verbal. Uh, how to focus on verbal and and nonverbal techniques. Right. Uh, when people are uh, demonstrating specific type of behaviors, uh, but it's hard. You know, and it's hard for our officers because not only do they have to. Uh, maintain that level of competence in that training, then they have to transition from that to being a consul at the next call, to right. being a crime fighter at right. the next call. Right. We ask a lot of our police officers, and they wear so many different hats. And, and I think that's why it's important when we talk about law enforcement, it is a profession, and it is a very, very complex confession. There no is nothing easy about law enforcement. Well, you don't know what you're going to deal with Absolutely. from one hour to the next. Like you said, you could you could in in one minute you're helping a lady fix a flat on the side of the I-10 and the next minute you're getting a call to go to a scene where there has been a shooting or a stabbing or breaking up a fight between young men right. outside of a transfer. So you never know during the day. And I think for a lot of people that I've talked to, that's a part of the attraction to the job is you get to do so many things, but any moment you can go from doing something like that yeah. to having your life in jeopardy. You know, and, and that's why part of our CIT training, uh, one of the things they, we talk about or they teach is stress management mm-hmm. uh, training uh, techniques and, and how to do that. In fact, our uh, a program right now, our uh, CISM program, uh, which is headed by uh, Rindy uh, Reshore. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. In fact, I think I got a training for someone uh, this week, and they're looking at uh, different ways and things we can do to help our police officers yeah. manage and make them comfortable with picking up the phone and, and saying, hey, I need a break. I need help. And uh, what can I do or where can I go? And, and sometimes it's just providing that outlet where they can vent where they can have a conversation yeah. with a peer about yeah. what they're going through because yeah. sometimes personal life uh, finds its way in, in on the job. And how and, do you manage that? How do you deal with that at the same time being mentally prepared to mm-hmm. go out there and be uh, a public servant? And as men, we, we're not always so good with sharing pain That's or right. or right. or frustrations of, of the mental nature with people because you're so conditioned to just suck it up and don't talk about it yeah. and you know you at at a certain point when you're more enlightened you realize you better talk about it yeah you better you, you better deal with it because it, it kind of it clogs you up mentally yeah. and, and ends up creating all kinds of bad situations and I would argue Clay that's even hard in law enforcement I would oh absolutely hard in law and for men and women in yeah. law enforcement because you can't show you can't look to be weak in any capacity in law enforcement. Well, I think you can, but I no, think from it's the outside the looking in, right, right, right. It's that stigma that comes along with it there because we associate that. You know, when you talk about depression, mm-hmm. when you talk about all of these things, it's a lot more normal than people want to right, realize. Absolutely, because we cover it up. So it's 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 good to have those healthy um, um, conversations mm-hmm. about. No, you're not crazy you're no. not different you're no. normal you're normal because you're human and you're overloaded with things the average Absolutely. person will never have to deal with not even Absolutely. a tenth of what you have to deal with how many dead bodies have you seen so there you go you so see? and when and when right. and now somebody who just saw a 17 year old yes. with their head blown open has to now 
finish the day. You roll up on a scene and you're helping to deal with this, but you have to keep going because your shift is not over. Right. So, okay, so let's deal with some of this stuff. Like we talked about rumors and all this stuff for for uh, for Chief Paul. I gave him a, a, a bottle of water because the seat's pretty hot over there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about it. So you have a uh, a unit that you're in. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, he's laughing. No, I'm going. Beautiful unit. And there was oh, and so people haven't. If you don't know, because it's an unmarked car, but it's clearly a police car. You can see it. Right. I look. It's a police car. In any city, I'd look at that. I know that's a police car. Right. I think the lights in the dashboard. Oh, I didn't even notice all of that. Is, Thankfully, is I haven't seen you with the lights on in the car. That's generally not a great thing if you see that. So I mean, and everybody was like, "Man, the chief's got this hundred thousand dollar car with these rims, like he's Snoop Dogg or somebody." Uh, I don't know any real new rappers, but you know, but. And all that talk, and then I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, really? Because I had seen the car. So what about that? You want to address that? Not really. I mean, (laughs) really? We have something called a contract. We purchase vehicles off of a contract. And to think that someone will even start a rumor like that, knowing that there are But you had to hear about this. I thought it was a joke. Oh, okay. I thought it was a joke. I, I, I would say this. Look. Uh, I was riding around in a Tahoe, and now I'm riding around in a Dodge Charger that costs a lot less. <laughs> Truth. If you look at my peers, the leaders around me, I guarantee you I am in the <laughs> most least expensive of all vehicles around, and I'll just say that. But, you know, when people when people spread rumors and lies like that for their own agenda, you know, when you, you look, we, we know who those people are. I, I, I just pray for them. Uh, and I say this. There are a lot of hurt people out there. You know, one of the things we just talked about was drugs and 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 how people use that to cope with whatever mm-hmm. they're going through. And some of those same individuals, because look, these police officers, you know, when you talk about the room, you hear a lot of information. And some of those people that are involved in the rumor mill, some of those people right. who are uh, 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 communicating negativity and, and even spreading lies that they know are lies. Uh, they're hurting. Right. And and what happens is hurt people. Hurt people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hurt people, hurt people. So, look, I, I ignore that. Uh, uh, you know, I think the old younger me, uh, revenge was the way I would respond. But but Einstein not said it. it's not worth it. And and uh, 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 dumb. Well, I won't say dumb people use revenge, but unwise people use revenge. Right. And uh, uh, you know, you just said it right. So was that? you just said it. Dumb people. You said, I won't say dumb. never mind. So, so immature. <laughs> immature is better. I was. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So I, I ignore stuff like that. Clay, I, don't, I don't give it attention, man. So I don't the, even want to speak on it. The other thing has been and it really isn't a rumor, but I just want to ask you about mm-hmm. it. It is the pushback that you've gotten from people in your department mm-hmm. and, and you have gotten pushback. You've had people who have been publicly against you. Uh, critical of you and in some cases personally critical of you who wear the BRPD uniform right and the public sees it because a lot of it is out on social media where people who who are not law enforcement officers see that and it can make the public feel some kind of way depending on you know what's going on why don't you speak on that well look I I think we we talked about this uh, you you may have covered it last time Mm -hmm. and it's in, in that just because someone has a loud voice doesn't mean he's right. Uh, those who speak the loudest. Uh, I like to believe that that's not the norm. There's a small group of people that are very intentional and deliberate in that. And we keep them on our prayer list. And we're going to keep moving forward. And I say this. My door is open to anyone and everyone. Uh, there's nobody I don't meet with. There's no one I don't talk with. If someone has a better idea, if somebody has disagreed with a decision that I made and is willing to talk about uh, substantive change and what we can do, I'm all ears. But those who just cry for the circle of crying and against it, just for the circle of against it, mm-hmm. I look, we, we we don't we don't have time for that. And 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 uh and I, I don't give in to negativity. Mm-hmm. I don't give that uh, energy. Yeah. And uh, I just stay focused on where we're going. And, well, and I think we're winning. You know, and. and- I know you're a hard worker and, and I've seen what's been happening. Okay, here's another one. Chief only cares about the black officers. Right. Yeah, I heard that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And? 
disagree with it. I mean, look, we I care about all officers. You know, when 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 you looked at the numbers and and that was presented, uh, I think the advocate uh, presented those numbers. Uh, we we keep all of that data as it relates to discipline. And if you look at it, it's a little disproportionate in terms of there's more discipline towards African Americans than than whites. But uh, I didn't think about that until they, they they did a public records request on that. Look, the chief of police, I. Chief Murphy Paul do not file complaints on employee. It comes from other places. Mm -hmm. It comes internally. It comes from citizens. That's what drives the numbers as it relates to complaints. Sure. And we are very fair. We are very impartial on how we uh, uh, look at discipline. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't just sit there and discipline an officer. Mm -hmm. We have what's called a board. Let me tell you how that board is made of. We have the internal affairs investigator who investigated the complaint. We have our commander of internal affairs. We have the commanding officer of the police officer who is accused. Mm -hmm. Uh, That would be either the uniform patrol commander or the commander of detectives or someone in a command position who may have information that the board can use that we may not be aware of. There's good things that happen out there in the field that we want to hear about so we can make a better informed decision. Uh, I have an attorney in there. The accused officer has his attorney or his union rep in there. And we talk. And we listen to all the evidence. And then I'll allow each one of my deputy chiefs, Deputy Chief McGarner, Deputy Chief Johnny Dunham, and Deputy Chief Herbert Andy, they make recommendations. Mm-hmm. They either say, we're going to sustain it, not sustain it, exonerate it. And here's my recommendation, Chief. And I listen to all three of them. Sure. And then I make a final decision. But my decision weighs heavily on their recommendations. I've seen you interact with people around town and and we've got some mutual friends and and even in the conversation, I know that uh, that that's not true. And and you and I have had sidebar conversation about things that need to be done in this community. And it's regardless of race, obviously. And anybody who knows me for the for the years, you know, that I've been public here, I I do a lot of work in the inner city because there's so much need there. Yeah. And it, it isn't it's it's not respective of race, but I go where if I can help hurting people wherever they are, I want to do that. And it's just, I think it's the right thing to do. So, and, and you know, go, go ahead. You know, what frustrates me with that though, Clay is, you know, you, you get in these positions and every year I go through this where I look at, man, what could I have done better? Right. Sure. And look, I am confronted sometimes about people from the community, um, about decisions or a decision I made. And whether I'm in Ascension Parish where I live or whether I'm in Baton Rouge, um, it's unfortunate that no matter what conversations I have, those who are uh, against me or Mm -hmm. those who are anti-chief or those who may disagree, it always ends up to a decision that I made on an event that happened in 2016. Right. And there's some people who just can't get over that. Right. And, you know, I pray, pray on that. Uh, But uh, it, it may be personal for some. But uh, I believe we're going in the right direction. But but I really do want to move on past that. You know, that that's that's four years ago. And, <laughs> and I really think that, you know, uh, uh, we are better once we're able to get that cloud completely from over our shoulder. Yeah. But unfortunately, it, it still comes up. And, you know, the uh, well, here's another one. Uh, Chief Paul is just Mayor Broom's puppet. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I tell you, you know, when I was blessed with this opportunity and, and I appreciate the mayor for her leadership because, you know, she is a woman of God. She is a, a caring woman. Uh, but what I think is she has an overall understanding, more of a holistic approach to public safety. She understands that crime is bigger than law enforcement. Right. And that there are other uh, uh, disciplines and entities that have a responsibility when it comes to like the household to start exactly like the family yeah like you know faith yeah uh, education yep you know uh, all of those things and I think she get it and, and economics and I think that you know when I was blessed with this opportunity uh, the mayor allows me to run the police department mm-hmm. now I'll tell you this uh, I work for the mayor and I also work for Daryl Gissel. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone recently asked me a question, and it was actually in, in Ascension Parish. And, and they asked me, well, you know, well, well, what about, they was basically asking me about my relationship with him. And, and, I, and I thought about it. And I said, you know, I don't know how many emails I got from Daryl today. Daryl Gisford and sent me text message about a homeless. He sent me a text <laughs> message about 
Um, oh, Gissel doesn't uh, really sleep. Trash, and he sends it. And look, it's it's all day, every day. Now, don't don't get me wrong. Daryl will he will see an issue, and because he, he you know he has sent it, and I'll be off. I'll be at home, and and sometimes it does get a little frustrating, right? And I call him and I say, look, yeah, Daryl, I'm off. I'm at home right now. What you got? And he'll express his his frustration or he want a response on something, and. I get these for the mayor is very concerned about crime. The yep. mayor is very, very concerned yep. about crime and her expectations are high. And when she challenged me to do things, the mayor is this. I want results. That's what she tells me. But their passion and love for this community, you know, I don't want those emails and text messages to stop. And let me right. tell you why. Right. Because the day the mayor, the mayor stops caring and stops holding me accountable. The day Dow Gissel stops sending me those emails and text messages at, in the morning hours, that's the day I'm going to worry. Yeah. That's when I'm going to worry. And, that, and then I don't know if I would feel the same way, but the love they have for this community uh, is second to none. Right. And she allows me to run my police department. And I came in with the attitude that I came here to do a job, not to keep a job. If I lose my job doing my job, I can live with that with my head high and keep moving. I can't like here that. to do a job, not to keep it. So finally here, I'll ask you, and, and here's the thing, like I know that it's, it's some people are gonna be surprised at how, at how easy it is for you to be candid about the things that I've asked you about. The truth mm-hmm. be told is you've always been candid about those things. Finally here, the average person doesn't encounter a law enforcement officer unless there is a need or a tragedy, right? Because people go about their lives. If it's not a traffic stop or you know, the, the, the random running into an officer in uniform at a department store or restaurant, they don't get to interact is what I'm saying. If you, want, if you could convey to every person listening something that you want them to know about BRPD, something you want them to know about you, something you want them to know about where we're headed, what would that be? Ooh. Okay. Uh, so, so the first one I, I would want to say is this, this we, we, we're not, uh, you know, we become a soft NOPD or we're not. That, that's just not true. So first thing I want to clear up, our police are taking guns and drugs off the street every single day. Mm-hmm. Every single day they're making arrests. Where, where our clearance rate is around 60% for the past three years. So they are solving crimes a little above the national average. What is the national when average? Like around average? 60, around okay. 60. Right. I have to let, it changes every year. Sure. So uh, I haven't seen the new UCR numbers yet. Uh, so we'll see when that comes out. But I know I've tracked since uh, January uh, 2018 till today, mm-hmm. we're a little over 60% uh, on average for those three years, our clearance rate. Uh, which is pretty good. So, which means we are we're, we're, we're arresting those individuals who are committing homicides. Uh, we want to do better at that. Mm-hmm. We are seizing guns every day, and the men and women of this police department care about the community. Yeah, they do. They care about the community. But I can tell you that there is some trust issues. Uh, a, a trust, in, and I think that there's a historical that I've learned from speaking to the officers. Uh, that they've been told before that they're going to get a raise and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So there's still some trust, some, you know, looking at it with, with a little, you know, slight eye, like, mm-hmm. is this really going to happen? Because they've been told before it would happen and it didn't happen. And administrations in the past have kicked that can down the street for far too long. Okay. So there's a trust there. There is also a belief by many officers that they are not um, appreciated, right? That they're not appreciated for the hard work uh, that they go out there and and, and do every day. And I want the community to understand it is important when you see our police officers that you tell them they're doing a good job. Or when you uh, have an encounter, a positive encounter, to go to our website www.brpd.com or just Google in Baton Rouge Police Department it'll come up and there's a commendation button that we would like you to share your experience with us because we're trying to do a better job of letting the officers know uh, I got three this week I love to share with you oh, wow. I got three this week yeah. 
by police officers who do the great job. Um, one last week from a, a guy in the business community who had been the victim of several burglaries, and he talked about the great work the, the police did. Uh, one of the subdivisions uh, was being burglarized, and, and through co- cooperation with the community, we identified a suspect. I believe there was some graffiti that just went out where someone spray painted uh, a, a cemetery and down Jeez. Government Street, yeah. and thanks to uh, community folks who actually checked their cameras and yeah. provided that information as we've identified a suspect in that particular case. So, so many great things that are going on. Uh, I believe uh, grass uh, uh, was being put out uh, in a community and someone went st- stole all of the grass and we made an arrest in that yesterday. Uh, they really? Like side squares? Yeah, squares. Wow. Yeah, side squares. Yeah, they stole it and someone <laughs> someone had it on camera, right? Wow. And shared that with law enforcement. What and the, all you do is Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. They they stole it and we caught them. Yeah. Thanks to someone in the community who took a picture. Thanks to someone in the community who took the time and catch their cameras. So there's cooperation. That's why Melvin has a new lawn. Yeah. (laughs) Inside joke. (laughs) So yeah, there's there's great work going on every day. And 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 look, our office is a human. That's why I, I say it's important for us. You know, when we have those situations where I just ask you to pick up the phone and call us and and and, and or, you know, go online, you know, you just you know, pick, pick up their cell phone all the time. Just send us a little attaboy. Great job, police right. officer. Do that. But at the same time, when I, one of our police officers are not uh, demonstrating that professional behavior that you desire, give us a call, too. We want to hear about that, because here's what happens when we do that. Uh, we're able to address it. Uh, just had mm-hmm. one uh, this week. Actually, I had two this week uh, where, uh, you know, we go through this whole process because someone filed a complaint. And you know what? He's a pretty good officer. who just had a bad day that day. Yeah. Just had a bad day. Yeah. And we're able to address that through training, yeah. uh, uh, finding a way to help him uh, empty that cup of stress so that when he comes to work every day, he's uh, emotionally prepared and that some of those things in his personal life are not bleeding over mm-hmm. into uh, his professional life. Uh, but we need to hear about that yeah. because when we don't hear about it, uh, uh, we don't want to set somebody up for failure. And most of those cases, and I'm, I'm going to say this because there's rumors out there. Most we address through mentoring, coaching, training, and in some cases, discipline. And mm-hmm. the most time that discipline is, uh, is, is is not severe. Very rarely do we do it ends up in termination. I think people like hearing from you and I know there are big things on the way and we'll be doing a lot more of these. Some things we'll be able to talk about in the future, but man, thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. It's, uh, it's good to see you, uh, you know, on this side and, and I just, I need it on the record that if things don't go my way Sunday in this game, I don't need to hear anything from you. That's all I'm saying. Well, you know, Sometimes, and again, some of you may be hearing it after the fact. So if yeah. you hear him out there bashing me, just pay attention to what what he's about to say right now. Yeah, because all I gotta say is my Mahomie is pretty. Oh, uh, my Mahomie. Okay. <laughs> That's it. I'm wrapping up after this. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Hi, this is Mayor Sharon Weston-Broom inviting you to listen to the We BR podcast, an initiative of my Women's Advancement Commission. Our show will air the first and third Wednesday of each month. We invite you to listen to our podcast by visiting www.podcast225.com. That's www.podcast225.com. And by subscribing through the Apple Podcast app. That's We Be Our Podcast. Sunday morning, man, she woke up fighting mad. This is The Clay Young Show. I could complain about that offensive pass interference call that they made at the end of the first half, too. But I won't do that because I could hear my friends who were Saints fans saying, well, you know, that's why you ended up playing Minnesota because they didn't they they didn't call one against the Vikings and their tight end. But 
I'm not going to blame the refs. Everything didn't go the way I wanted to, but I'm not going to blame the refs. That's just that's, that's there was nothing they did that kept us from from winning that game. The Niners, Garoppolo makes that pass at the end of the fourth quarter, too skittish, and then that interception, that god awful interception that he threw, man. Anyway, hope you enjoyed the conversation with the Chief. And uh, we want you to share it. Tell your friends about it. If you're on Apple, if you got an Apple device, you listen to the, phone, the, the show that way, the podcast that way, you can give us a rating, write us a review. We appreciate it. If you see it on social media, at ClayYoungBR on Twitter, on the gram, Clay underscore YoungBR, and on Facebook, just Clay Young. And you can also find podcast225.com in those places. Share it. Tell people about what we're doing. While you are on the site, check out the Crime Stoppers podcast. Episode three is brand new and it is up and it tells the story of Anthony Holden, who was the first victim of gun violence in 2019. A highly compelling story, and I won't give anything away, but the first 30 seconds will grab you and the rest is a heck of a ride. So check out the Crime Stoppers podcast, episode three, right now available here at podcast225.com. Thanks again to the Chief for coming in and talking with us. Our guest, and, and here's the thing for you, is this is good because our guest next week is Dr. Curtis Chastain, and his practice deals exclusively with men's health. And I attended a luncheon a few days ago where he talked about this new piece of technology that you have to hear about. If you are a guy who's got a high-stress job or is always on the go, and even if you you are not those things, but you want to be sure about your own health and longevity, got to listen to this conversation with Dr. Chastain. That'll be episode 229 of The Clay Young Show. I appreciate you being here with me. And for many of you out there who have <laughs> offered sympathy and you know, been kind. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, and you know, I didn't. I didn't go out and write any checks with my mouth about this game beforehand because you just never know how sports will go, right? And it didn't go my way. So it is what it is. Anyway, you enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll catch you next time here on the Clay Young Show at Podcast Two Two Five dot com. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Clay Young Show.